Sitting kills, that's what they say. Seek a more active lifestyle, but in New York State, there might be more sitting on the horizon. The Standing is Tiring Act is going to the state legislature. That's right, the SIT Act. Our ancestors were on their feet moving for much of their day. Farming, hunting, cooking, very few daily tasks involve sitting for very long, but many of our jobs have us sitting in a chair. New York State's legislature is concerned, though. Standing is tiring, hence the name of the recently introduced bill. The SIT Act would require employers to let their workers sit, at least if it doesn't interfere with their job. And who gets to decide if sitting interferes? Why, the New York Department of Labor, of course. These are some interesting times. The world is full of conflicting voices. Stand more. Sit more. But there is one voice we can trust. The Word of God. Listen to Scripture. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And we're in a series this week called Verses You Should Know. We're thinking about verses that are good for every Christian to consider. You know, all the Bible is important. It's all inspired by the Holy Spirit. But we want to take some time in these minutes together. I want us to think about some very important passages to help you and me in our Christian walk. These are the verses that you and I can return to over and over again. This life is hard, no doubt about that. If you and I were to sit down and list all the painful things that we have experienced, I suspect we would be there all day long, maybe into the night. So where do we turn when things are tough? The same place we turn when things are going well, the Word of God. And these Bible passages that we're talking about this week are some of the most comforting during times of struggle. Over the last couple of weeks, the world has been hearing about the death of Queen Elizabeth II. And even though she was royalty, She knew what it was like to struggle. She still lived in a fallen world, but her faith was in the right place, in Jesus Christ, her Savior, and she turned to God's Word. My friend Catherine Butcher wrote a book detailing many of these things in the Queen's life. Here she is talking about one of the Queen's speeches. When the Queen did write her own speeches at Christmas, she was frequently referring to Jesus Christ. So, Um, In 2002, for example, she said, I know just how much I rely on my own faith to guide me through the good times and bad. Each day is a new beginning. I know that the only way to live my life is to try to do what is right, to take the long view, to give of my best in all that the day brings and to put my trust in God. Like others of you who draw inspiration from your own faith, I draw strength from the message of hope in the Christian gospel. I want you to have a copy of Catherine's new book called Our Faithful Queen, 70 Years of Faith and Service. It's a book full of colorful photos, rare devotionals by the Queen, prayers, and stories of Her Majesty's faith in Jesus. She served both her Lord and her nation. I know you're going to enjoy this behind-the-scenes look at the Queen's faith like my wife and I have. And I so enjoyed the part about how Billy Graham encouraged her faith. I think this book will inspire your faith as well. So after our time together, why don't you call us? 
Would you make a gift to this listener-supported ministry? Get a copy of the book or get more than one copy, as so many have the last several days. The number to call is 800-65-HAVEN, 800-65-HAVEN, or visit our website. See the preview of the book, and you can give there at haventoday.org, haventoday.org. And now let's get the program started. We open now with Aaron Schust and Mighty Fortress. He won't abandon, he won't deceive, he won't desert us, he won't ever leave, he'll never forsake us, he won't ever run, he'll never reject us, the faithful one. Your love will remain, your love will remain, a mighty fortress is our God, a tower of strength.
Welcome back to Haven Today here on Thursday. We're continuing our series, Verses You Should Know. In a perfect world, of course, you and I would know all of them. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. That's 2 Timothy 3.16. So, when I say verses you should know, I don't mean that only certain places in the Bible can change your life. The whole Bible is the Word of the Lord and able to change lives. But we are fallen humans, you and me. And I don't think I need to tell you that. We sin and we grow weary. Our minds and bodies have good days and bad days, and that's why we are doing this series this week. We need desperately the strength that comes from Scripture. Through God-breathed Scripture, God's Word is where He has revealed His salvation to us, and we need it, whether we're ordinary people or even the late Queen Elizabeth II. She believed the gospel of Jesus Christ. She knew that the Lord was her Savior, and she believed not because she was so good or earned it in any way or was born into it. No, Jesus had to come and die for her, just like you and me. We can only claim the Lord as our Savior if we trust that he died for us. You know, Proverbs tells us that good news from a far country is like cold water to a thirsty soul. Well, the word of the Lord isn't even from this planet. It's the best news from the furthest place. And it does more than satisfy like a cup of cold water. It will change your life if you drink it. Some parts of God's life-changing scripture are especially clear. And we're looking at some of those this very week. And in these minutes together today, I want to look at Romans 5, 6 through 8. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. There is so much packed into those verses. Paul's letter to the Romans is maybe the most dense of them all. Almost the entire book is an explanation of the great story that's all about Jesus, the gospel. Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, back in chapter 1. The gospel is what gives us hope and assurance in this world. And write what we just read right there in chapter 5. Paul unpacks the gospel in just three short verses. The first thing I want us to remember about the gospel is that it happened at just the right time. The father knew what he was doing when he sent his son into this world. Jesus was born to die. But have you ever wondered why he came when he did? I have. Why not earlier? Why not a little later? Why not in our day and age when his teaching could be broadcast around the world and heard by everyone at the very same time, when we could document his death and burial and resurrection? Well, the Lord doesn't tell us that. He just tells us that Christ's coming was at the right time or the fullness of time. It reminds us that the Lord is in control of all history. Only he could know exactly when the right time is. Only he could come at the right time. Christ came to us exactly 
when it was the right time. It also tells us that our faith has a history. Christ, who is God the Son, entered into our time and space. He cast himself as a character in the drama of his story. He is forever a part of our world, a part of our history. The writers of the New Testament tell us over and over again how they saw Jesus with their own eyes, and they were able to shake his hand to walk and talk with him. Christ came to us in real time and real space, and he's truly human like us, except he had no sin. And that's the second thing I want to point out. We were sinners when he came. Did you notice how Paul described us? Powerless, ungodly, sinners. Everyone knows that you wash your hands before mealtime, or at least that's what my mother taught me, or you're supposed to. Sometimes we think that's how God is with us. But that's not how salvation works. Christ came to us, not when we were good and strong. It wasn't after we stopped sinning that Christ came. He came to us while we were sinners. Now think about that with me. If we were able to clean ourselves up, Christ wouldn't have had to come. We needed him to come because we can't clean ourselves up. Christ came to save us because we were lost in our sin. But how did he do it? Well, that's the third thing I want to focus on. Christ died for us. That's a simple phrase and one you've probably heard a lot. Christ died for our sins. But what does that mean? Well, it means Jesus is our substitute. Remember, we were sinners, ungodly, powerless. Paul tells us in Romans 6 that the wages of sin is death. Death means judgment. Death means God's wrath. This is what we deserve. This is what we earn by our own disobedience. So what does it mean that Christ died for us? He took our wages, the death that we deserve. He took on himself on the cross. And that means if you believe in Christ, you get Christ's life. Jesus has become your substitute. The Old Testament reminds ancient Israel that without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. Jesus couldn't just divert God's judgment for our sin. His blood needed to be shed. Maybe that seems a bit gruesome, and that's because it is. But it's where we place our hope. This can change your life. How will your sins be forgiven? You can't do it on your own. I can't do it by myself. You can't. We're powerless. It's only in Christ Jesus. He shed his blood so weak sinners like you and me can come to find grace and forgiveness. And here is one last thing I want you to learn from Romans 5, 6 through 8. The death of Christ demonstrates God's love. It's one of the biggest questions we have about life. How do I know the Lord loves me when all around me I see suffering and pain I experience myself? What do we do about that? Well, we need to remember that none of that is how it should be. The Lord created us for life. He put Adam and Eve in the garden. They had all they could ever want, and yet they turned away from the Lord. Death is not natural. 
it seems natural to us because it is normal. But it isn't what we were created for. We were made to be with God. When we believe in Jesus, we are not saying that everything is going to just suddenly get all better or that death and tragedy are not real. They still are. But the Lord meets up with us in our suffering, and he knows it's not the way it should be. Christ became that man of sorrows acquainted with grief. Christ knows our pain and suffering because he suffered as well but suffered in ways we could never suffer. The gospel tells us that the Lord cares so much for his people that he's willing to enter into their pain in order to make things right. The death of Jesus demonstrates that the Lord came to us in love. Seeking our good, he entered into our suffering. That's love. And it's even more than that. It's God's love demonstrated to us because Christ wasn't just suffering with us, he was suffering for us. And that is nothing less than shocking. We are ungodly sinners. Paul even said it. Rarely would someone die for a righteous person, and you'd find it even harder to get someone to die for a good person. It takes a very deep well of love to die for a sinner. Christ died for us while we were still sinners. And remember what sin is. It's not just a misstep every now and again. It's described in the Bible as rebellion, even mutiny. It makes God even our enemy. Now, maybe you could find someone to die for a powerless, helpless person who hasn't done them any wrong. But you'd probably never find someone who'd willingly suffer and die for their enemy. But Jesus did. And that's why we sing about amazing grace. And the deep, deep love of Jesus, that's the gospel in play. The Son entering human history to suffer and die for us so we can come freely to the Father. This is a word from Scripture that can change your life. And it reminds me of something we read in the 13th chapter of the book of Hebrews. Remember the verses we talked about a couple of days ago? Never will I leave you. Never will. Will I forsake you? How can this be true for sinners like you and me? Well, because Jesus came at just the right time. He did what we couldn't do. He lived a life of perfect righteousness, died as a substitute. He rose from the grave, and he did it all for you and me. And you know what? That's where our confidence lies. The one who did all of that for us will never leave us nor forsake us. Trust in me and keep your Forever remember 
And when you fear the scars and tears, remember what I have sworn. I'll be with you through the storm, and never will I leave you. That's something I'd never. Rolling the clock back to 2007 in an album called Soul Anchor, A Journey Through Hebrews, that was Michael Card singing for us, Never Will I Leave You, here on this haven today. Well, as you can tell from my American accent, I am not British. I suppose that isn't breaking news to you, but I've never spent a long time in the UK. I never had the same connection to Queen Elizabeth II that so many people across the pond grew up with, or so many friends of mine in Canada feel. But even still, these last days have been a time of sorrow for me and for others. First, we got the news that Elizabeth's health was in great decline, and then not long after that, the news reported that she had passed. Her death is really the end of an era. The Depression, World War II, the Cold War, social upheaval in the 60s, international terrorism, the technology revolution, the 70 years Elizabeth reigned have to be way up there with the most exciting of all time. So much has changed since she took that crown in 1952, but she looked at it all through the eyes of faith. And she believed the Lord had put her in a position for a reason, to be a leader and a servant and to do it with joy. And the legacy she has left behind is the same we should all aspire to. I was a person who served Jesus because he served me first. Maybe that isn't something we expect royalty to say, but Elizabeth the Queen knew very well who she truly was a sinner in need of a Savior. And that's who she had in Jesus. And that's why I'd like to send you the book, or more than one copy of the book by Catherine Butcher, called A Faithful Queen, 
70 years of faith and service. We heard from Catherine earlier in the program. This book has a lot going for it. Photos, stories, even prayers that the Queen wrote herself. Some of these things have rarely been seen or heard before, and they point to one thing, her faith in Jesus Christ. She really rested in Jesus as her Savior. I think you're going to be blessed to go through this glossy covered book and to think back on her life. And I also think it will inspire you to live more boldly for Jesus, no matter your calling. So call us right now, would you? The number to call and make your gift and get the book or more than one copy is 800-65-HAVEN. 800-65-HAVEN. Or check out some of the sample pages there on our website on A Faithful Queen. And you can do that at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow? When again, together, we'll share verses from Scripture, but we'll do that in light of the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus. I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. All the world's a stage, and all the men and women merely players. These famous words belong to Shakespeare, and his observation cuts deep. I think if we're honest, there's a version of ourselves we each want the world to see. And all we have to do is look at our Facebook posts to know what that looks like. But there's no fooling the Lord. He knows everything about you, the good, the bad, the ugly. You have no secrets from him. And still, Jesus invites you to come as you are. Lay your burdens on him. And then he says, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Have you taken him up on that lately? Get more daily encouragement from God's word with Anchor Devotional. Visit GetAnchor.com to request your print edition today.